Hello, and welcome to another episode of Grumpy Old Gay Men and Their Dogs. It is day 53 here in the Zen Room. I'm Patrick Finn, and I am here with the incandescent Tommy Gibbons. Hey, bitches. How are you, Tommy? I'm okay. How are you? Doing good, doing good. How was your week? Week was okay. It was so hung. We, well, weekend was busy, actually. You've heard of four weddings and a funeral? Well, I had two shows in a week. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I bet yours was more fun, although maybe not. Well, no, in the wake was not fun. That was for an old friend of ours who had uh, passed away suddenly, our friend Paul. Sad. Uh, yes, very, it was very, very sad. sad. Very, very, very quickly. scary. Right? You know, older than us? Yeah, he was in his early 50s, I believe. Wow. But yeah, we had, we had, unfortunately, we hadn't seen him in about quite a few years, and I'd say about five or six years, and then all of a sudden we hear this news about him, and it was, yeah, it was not good. Good guy, though. Yes, he was. A great guy. He had a very big heart. Really uh, did. Beautiful. So we went That's to the wake, it. and then we also saw like, we saw two uh, shows over the weekend. We saw History Boys down at Studio Theater in Lindenhurst. Okay. And then we saw a production of She Loves Me with this new theater company. It's called, I can't think of the name of it now. It's oh my God. Sunrise. Sunrise Theater Company. Thank you. Yes, Thank that's you. That's Brian and Mike and, and Morgan and all those wonderful people. I've never seen She Loves Me before. I've seen the movie, of course. It's based on The Shop Around the Corner, which yeah, I love. So, the musical is so cute. But it really, it's a cute, sweet musical. It's a love, it's a piece of fluff. You don't care. You're not going there to deep think. You're going there to have a good time and enjoy this little romantic comedy, you know? It's, yeah, it's not ridiculous. That's what it is. No, it's, it's not ridiculous. Comedy. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's a good story. The music's good, right? The, the parts are great. But, yeah, so that was pretty much our weekend. We're seeing, uh, you know, seeing the shows and then the week. And that was pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. So, nothing else new with you otherwise? No, later that same day. Everything moves same day. Okay. Then I guess we'll move into our very first segment, which of course is Pet Heavy dogs. Petting. And tonight we're going to talk about dogs and sleep. Okay. Now your dog, Louie, about how many hours a day does he sleep? A lot. A lot. Well, you know, on average, dogs sleep an average of 12 to 14 hours a day. Yeah, I'd say he's right in that sweet spot. Okay. Yeah, that's about right. Older dogs and puppies can sleep even more. Puppies can sleep up to 18 to 20 hours that's, a day. Yeah. I can't imagine sleeping that, oh my God, all day long like that, being away for four hours and then going back to sleep again. That would screw me up. Yeah, but you're such a puppy, you don't even know. You, I don't know if your eyes are even open yet. You know, you're just sort of awake, you just got to eat, I got to eat, I got to poop, I got to go back to sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And they also say that the dog is sleeping more than usual, that it could be stressed out or it could be anxious, and uh, or it could even be not being given enough stimulation and it's getting bored. So it sleeps so, it off. So that's why it's important to keep the dog stimulated. Take it out for a walk, play with the dog, you know, things like that. That's, that's the stuff. Right? And the old saying of it's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Well, according to the statistic, that's probably true because 60% of all children's dog bites occur when they try to wake a dog that's in a deep sleep. Yeah. 60%. That's a yeah. lot. No, that's because that, that shit is true. Right. Let the sleeping dog lie. You can go over there and make some noise and wake the dog up, but don't be next to it, man. And, 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 no. Yeah, I know, right? Everybody knows that. And not don't be kids, obviously. <laughs> well, that's, you know, again, you, you're supposed they, to have the, They learn through experience. That's, thank you. <laughs> you need a CV. Yes. There it begins. 
Also, dogs' sleep patterns are very similar to humans. They enter into REM sleep, and they can dream, which we've, I'm sure you've seen your dog dream, right? I have. What does your dog do when, you're, when he's dreaming? Well, it's what they all do, you know, act like Godzilla invading Oh, Japan. the paws going, right? Yeah, yeah, he, but he's he's so energetic all of the time. Okay, she's very good. She gets vocal during her dreams. You can actually hear, like, you like whimpering or growling or something, but yeah, yeah she gets a little yeah. vocal during her dreams. But I was also looking at sleep dog, a dog's sleep positions, okay, and what they all mean. And when a dog is on its side sleeping, which is its usual position, that means it's in a serious deep sleep. So leave it alone. Leave it's very alone. comfortable there on its side. When it's in a pose called the lion's pose, when its head is hit, which means it has its heads on its paws, they call it the lion's pose. Okay, like the like the sphinx. Yes. It means it's only dozing or snoozing. Okay. So it's a little alert, but it's only just hanging out, not dozing. If it curls into a ball or goes into what they call the donut position, that can mean the dog is doing it for warmth or it's feeling anxious or vulnerable and uh, protecting its vitals, you okay. know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why it goes into that. If your dog sleeps back to back with you, that's a sign of trust and intimacy. He doesn't sleep with me at all. Really? Yeah. See, Abigail does, but on occasion she will sleep with her backs to us, you know, either to me or to Stephen. Well, she got to sleep with her back to one of you. Well, usually she's down, like, closer to the foot of the bed, and she's in between touching both of us. She has to touch both of us. But it's usually further down, like, in between our legs and stuff. But sometimes, like, she'll be, when we come into bed, she'll be up on the pillow already sleeping, and usually Stephen's in first, and then I have to get in, and she will not move. <laughs> and before you. you know it, she's, she's sleeping back to back with me. Oh, that's because she's mad at you because you woke her up, right? To get to bed where you've been. <laughs> now, if a dog is sleeping belly up, it means the dog is trying to cool itself off because it's the least hairy part of the body is their is their belly. Yes. So that that's why they're usually is doing it to cool themselves off, but also consider it a sign of trust. I, I because they're exposing themselves. I, yeah, that's what I think. Right? I think it's doggy porn. Yep. If a dog sleeps snuggled up to you, it's probably either feeling affectionate or it's probably feeling a little needy for affection. Okay. <laughs> so like Arthur sometimes when, when you know our our friends our, our friend Ernie's uh, Yorkshire Terrier when we would sit sit for him and when we first when he first would sit with us and stuff and he would crawl right up here in the chair right up against right. me and fall asleep here in the chair with me. The spot the spot for him what he likes is when I'm laying on my side and my, my knees are bent. And that crook. Yep. I have thousands of pictures of his face resting on my knees and his just his head resting on my knees while the rest of him is just in the crook of my legs. Okay. So there's that that he does a lot. He won't he doesn't sleep he'll sleep on the bed with me. He doesn't okay. sleep with me. He sleeps over there. Okay. To be fair to the dog, I am a violent sleeper. Why am I not surprised? <laughs> so, so I, I, the dog, the dog goes to his spot, which is underneath my bed, and where he sleeps in that time between up and down, and maybe over there or by the, bed, I don't know because I'm asleep. Okay, but yeah, it's not like we go to bed and cuddle every night, and he, you know, we we snuggle up. I've never had that with any of the dogs. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with that. But we never had a dog sleep well. This is our first dog together also. Right. But in my own experience, I never had a dog sleep in bed with us the right. way this one does. Right. And then, though, like I said, when she's sleeping like back to back, it's like, wow, she she rarely does this. But she does. She's been doing it more frequently lately in the past year. Pickering was very British. No, yeah, Pickering. So so there was none of that. He was. If I was asleep, he was working. 
Well, he was a big sheepdog. That was that was yeah. That was his role. If I if the sheep are asleep, it's his job to be awake. Yep. Almost killed my great nephew, but we'll talk about that at the time. <laughs> There's got to be a when, when did you almost kill your family? That we'll make that another another yeah, topic for heavy petting in the future. <laughs> when pets almost kill relatives, yeah, <laughs> small tunnel relatives, the big dogs, yeah. And lastly, if your dog is sleeping with its head elevated, where it's above the rest of its body, it could be a sign that the dog is having breathing problems. And you should take it to a vet then. Oh, rush your back sleeping dog. Right. Or your head above the foot. What was it? Head, your head elevated. That dog's head is elevated above its body. Are you talking about like sleeping on a pillow? I guess. I guess if it's a high enough pillow, yeah, you know. Or are you talking about like sleeping with your head up? Or they're sleeping. Maybe that's it too. They're sleeping in a way where their head is like they're laying against something. So their head's extended upward still. You know? I've never seen that ever. I don't, well, I guess you've never had a dog that had any breathing problems, so maybe that's why. Uh, I am at least that blessed. <laughs> right? Thank God for that. So that's it for our segment of heavy petting tonight. Sleeping dogs. Sleeping dogs. Leave Let them lie. Them alone. Right? <laughs> Say Leave them alone. The, the, the old wives thing. Let, Let sleeping dogs, dogs lie. lie. Let it be enough. It's true. Teach yes, it. it is. Observe it. Respect it. <laughs> And teach your kids. We now move on to Tommy's favorite I'm segment. Sorry. Could you repeat that again? Today's you tried birthdays. Times. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're going to enjoy this. You're What's gonna enjoy that? Editing this. And now we move on to, and it was, it, it was, uh, yeah, pretty frightening. Okay. <laughs> Patrick and drag Patrick as like as uh, Dame Edna. Oh, me and drag? That's a scary thought. No, sc- no. There is this. People have seen it. It's. I am not a pretty person in drag at all. The the high pitched voice. Hello, muffins. When you went up there, and it was, it was weird. We now turn yeah, to today's birthdays. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Let's not make it a constant thing. It just made me laugh that one time. <laughs> well, now you're gonna suffer with it for the rest of the episode. But in recognition, of course, we've been observing Black History Month here at Grumpy Old Game Man and Their Dogs. That's right. If you've been following our Facebook and Twitter feed, we've been posting a different African-Americans' birthday that's been occurring throughout the month of February. Not just Tuesdays. Not just Tuesdays, but every day of uh, February. And today, we're going to be talking about the birthday of a trumpeter, band leader, and composer named Joe Wilder. He was born in 1922 and died in 2014. And in 2008, the National Endowment for the Arts honored him with its highest honor in jazz, the NEA Jazz Masters Award. Nice. What did he do? What did he play? What was it? He played trumpet, trumpet, but he had his own band, and he was an accompanist for many, many singers, anyone from Tony Bennett, you name it, he basically played with them. If he needed a trumpet, this was the guy. This was the guy. All right. Good for you. So, happy birthday to Joe Wilder. Good for you, Joe. Dead? Dead. Dead. Died 2014. Dead. Dead, dead. Okay, yeah, dead. <laughs> we now move on to our next birthday celebrant, also dead. He was born February 22nd, 1732 I in think you Virginia. Should, I think you should let me guess if they're dead or not. Oh, okay. Well, can you guess if this one... Well, you announced it as dead. Oh, okay. Well, I think if you had guessed... Yes, he's dead. You would have been correct. Okay, so 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 who is he? What, what's going on? What's happening? He was born in Virginia, the son of a farmer and justice of the peace. He was the first of six children. His father died when he was 11, and he inherited 10 slaves and other property. 
Though he was not formally educated, he became a land surveyor, surveyor, getting his first <laughs> job. <laughs> yes, a land surveyor. Oh, he was, land, a he was a land surveyor. He's nice. He's a land surveyor. <laughs> Go out with him once. Yes, Natty Fine is telling this birthday. God damn. But he got his first job as a land surveyor at the age of 17. By the time he was 20 years old, he owned 2,315 acres of land. He, in uh, 1752, he was made a major in the Virginia Regiment. So this is either George Washington or mm-hmm. James Madison. Well, who do you think it is? I think it's probably, what are we doing, birthdays? Yep. George Washington. George Washington is correct. Being that yesterday was President's Day, that should have been a big clue as to who this was. Why don't you fold that script up into eight times, <laughs> fold it eight times in half, and then take a nice oil that you like the smell of, something nice, and shove it up your ass. <laughs> Go ahead. George Washington. Happy birthday, George. Thanks yes. for everything. He served as a commander in the Virginia Regiment during the French and Indian War from 1756 to 1763. Are you going to go through his entire resume? Not all of it, Bob. Right. Just a quick one. 1759, he married 26-year-old widow Martha, Martha. Dandridge Custis. <gasps> she, she was a widow? Yes, she was. And she inherited her husband's 18,000-acre estate. There you go. <laughs> but the marriage gave George a one-third dower interest in, this, in the estate. And he managed the other two-thirds of the estate on behalf of his children, which included 84 slaves. And probably a salary. But go ahead. But he, doubled, he also owned the property of Mount Vernon. He inherited that from his brother, who, who died earlier than him. And he also increased his slave holdings from basically 84 to over 100 by 1775. I'm sorry, over 100 slaves. Yep. 1775. But Go ahead. but over 577 slaves served at Mount Vernon during his lifetime. He was one of the considered one of the wealthiest men in Virginia. And though he and Martha had no children, uh, they raised her children from a previous marriage. They right. believe they believe George may have been sterile from a bout of smallpox. That and he that had was that 185,000 acre farm. 18,000 acres. 18,000 acre farm. In, in 1758, he began serving in the Virginia House of Burgesses. In 1774, you he... You don't have enough Burgesses anymore. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Like, every neighborhood should have a fucking Burgess because the cops are busy. Yes. You know, call the Burgess when she lets her kids out too late at night. Call the Burgess when their party's too loud. Leave the cops alone. So, yeah. In 1774, he became a delegate to the Continental Congress. That was a big job at the time. Yep. And in 1775, he became commander-in-chief of the Continental Army. Which was, turned out not to be, but it, was, it wasn't it was supposed to be, but it turned out to be a big fucking job. That well, was. yes, it was, because he presided over the troops during the whole tired of the American War. Revolutionary War. Yeah, but he was like, like it's weird. You think about it, like he, he wasn't the only general with troops under him. Like, there were, there were different... There were different battalions or different segments right. of the army. Right, but he was the top dog. Places. But uh, this is like Eisenhower was the top dog during World War Two. Yes, but that and that. How much of a mistake is that because they invaded? Well, I'm thinking. I'm I mean, really, top dog is the president of the United States when it comes to the military. But when it comes to certain wars and stuff, Washington was yeah, he was a commander in chief of the army during the war. So. Right. Oh, was the commander in chief of oh, yep. the whole of oh, the entire Continental Army? Yes. While 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 maintaining his own regiment and battling and yep. doing things. Exactly. All right. Yep. George, this was it. 
After the war, he uh, returned back to Mount Vernon and began breeding mules. I believe we talked about mules in one of our earlier episodes. I also George Washington's you, role. You related it to George Washington, and, and now we come full circle. Yeah, exactly. Wow, that's nice. <laughs> Isn't that nice when Na- that happens? Nature makes a circle. Right? In 1787, he presided over the Constitutional Convention. He was inaugurated as president in 1789 and served until 1797. He presided over the nation's first uprising, which was the Whiskey Rebellion in 1792. And he also kept the policy of neutrality as to European conflicts. So especially there were a lot of wars during the time between Britain and France. And France and Spain have been fighting since... Yep. Since so, yeah, he maintained a policy of neutrality, which probably was the best neutrality. thing Neutrality, right, right, right. Now, of Smart course... Smart guy, Smart guy. Of course, along with other founding fathers now, he's been condemned for being a slaveholder. That's true. And now there is various, I guess, events or instances where, I guess... His statue or any tributes to him are being removed or taken down. And what do you think about that? I have mixed feelings about that. Yes, he was a slaveholder, and we there's no denying that slave slavery was a evil institution. There's no denying that. But do his contributions as commander in chief of the Continental Army and as president of the United States during its beginning years outweigh that evil? It's a, it's a wane, you know? It really okay. is. All right. I weigh on the side of, yes, we know he, it, slavery was a bad thing. Yes, he did talk about abolition in, pri- in private, but he never advocated for it <clears throat> as president or as a legislator at any time, never took any kind of initiative to end slavery, even though in private he may have been against it. And in fact, as president, he actually signed laws that, while it restricted slavery in some areas, also strengthened the interests of slave owners in getting their slaves back who ran away. <clears throat> so yeah, he's got a really mixed record on when it comes to slavery, but primarily he was a slave owner. He didn't, his slave, upon his death, per his will, they were freed. Okay. But like I said, I mean, personally well, speaking... thanks for that. Yes. I mean, yes, I think his contributions as general and as president outweigh the evils he did as a slave owner. Do you know of, as a slave owner, what was he like? I don't, uh, that I don't know, as far as whether he was a strict disciplinarian. I'm assuming he was, if he was strengthening the Like, interest. did they eat? Did they, like... Oh, he didn't starve them or treat them, baby. They were property. Were they, yeah, they were housed and everything, just like other slaves on other plantations. This whole, the, slavery freaks me out. Like, it, it viscerally tingles There's me. no way of defending anybody being a slave owner. There's no way of defending that. There isn't. How no. can you defend it? No. But at the same time, Washington knew, even as president, that if you did something about abolishing slavery, you were going to lose all the southern states, and the union would be dissolved at that point. What I, my initial feeling was that there was a slave. There's a difference between slave owners. And I know what's supposed <laughs> to come next. I know what the fuck is supposed to come next. I don't know if I could. I don't know. Uh, I want to withdraw. You want to withdraw from what? I want to, from my prior statement so far, all four of those words, I want to withdraw them. <laughs> I want to formulate the thought again in my head. Because it's it's so, is it white privilege to say it's complicated when clearly it's not? Yeah, I know. Because if you had a an African-American person saying here, no, it's not complicated. There's no complication here. It's it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a muddy area, and it's something that we're going to have to resolve sometime in the future. I don't know how it will be resolved, though, you know? But there's something, 
But we have this problem with so many historical figures. You know what? You're you know, have... we know that they had maybe great accomplishments, but then you look further into their background, you said, oh, wow, this guy was a really shitty person, you know? If you, how, this is, this is why they don't want, I'm going to use it as a generalized term for racial social studies, okay? That whole critical race theory. Right. This is why they don't want to go anywhere near that is because they don't want people having a bad vision of what George Washington is. Yeah. And everybody knows how much that denies not only the kid, but everybody the kid will come in contact with for the rest of his life. It's just, you're sending him out with a with a, a debt. Yeah. Of knowledge. Yep. And you gotta let them go. You gotta let Thomas Jefferson go. You gotta let them go. Because it's not... <laughs> I, it's, yeah. First of all, first of all, we defend... To, 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 to leave them in honor of something that they created that we no longer embrace is ridiculous. It's not the same government that they formed. Of course it's not, not. It's not the same thing. Uh, the Revolutionary War was was a totally different story altogether. But but uh, you got to let them go. You, you just got to say it, it's hard because they deserve the recognition for the achievements. Yes. And they should be credited with the achievements. This goes to I me. I don't it's know the whole that we problem. should be making up stories about cutting down the cherry tree, right. To make him a religious cult. Well, yeah, figure. of course. We don't have. We shouldn't have to rely on that to bolster someone's historical reputation. These people, right? Who, the white European oppressed on their march toward San Francisco. Yes. I don't know. I don't know, Patrick. It's it's beyond my intelligence. It's it's uh, beyond my heart to feel what that must be up again. Like. Well, let's pose another question for you. Do you think he and Alexander Hamilton were lovers? That's what Larry Kramer thought. I don't think it's rumors about Alex. I think Alexander... And, uh, well, there have been allegations that he was involved with one of the other... John Lawrence. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. But that's another thing. Like, do gays, like, throw somebody away because he they, he married a woman? And is that turning your... It's not the same thing. Well, the same thing as what? Slaves. We're not talking about slaves. We're talking about the question of, do you think he and Alexander Hamilton were lovers, as Larry Kramer thinks? I don't know how I got myself <laughs> back to sleep. I don't know. You went back to that again. So, were, George Washington, I think Washington and Alexander Hamilton, yes. Yes. Okay. I think even if it was a straight bro prison type, this ain't, you know, really, I'm not really gay. Or, there wasn't a word for that, though. No, there wasn't. They weren't called gay. No. They were just... Were they were they homosexual? Were they bisexual? I don't think they were homosexual. When did homosexuals word from the nineteen fifties? Well, even early. Well, actually, early to late nineteenth century. Okay, so who were they in the eighteenth century? I don't That's know what, the word that, 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 Did they? What, what did the word exist? Did they have any idea? Sodomites. And, uh, well, they, if if you were <laughs> that particular religious bent, which I don't think I don't think Hamilton was. What are you talking about? Religiously bent. If you're going to come at it from a religious perspective, sodomites. When you said sodomites, well, they do it religion. Sodomy was considered a crime back then. Yeah, I know. I I, I know that. But I but you said sodomite, and my mind went defensive well, to religion. So. No, no, it's not just religion. It was just you know. But that's a word that they would call them back maybe then. That was you know? what, maybe that's what it was. One of many, I'm sure they used. So did they did did they have sex and have an emotional connection? They worked really closely together. They worked under shitty fucking circumstances. Their lives sucked when they were working together, and they worked close. So I'm I'm sure that that there was some sort of emotional connection between them, and I'm sure that they both probably well George was probably the top. I think Alex Alexander strikes me as much more versatile. <laughs> like I think, like I think Alex tops John Lawrence. 
but I think he bottomed for Washington. Okay. Because Alexander Hamilton do whatever it took, you know. <laughs> whatever it took. <laughs> Just let me write about it later. Thank you for your historical interpretation of that. I do what I can. I serve my people. Did you know that George Washington supposedly once saw an angel or an extraterrestrial while at Valley Forge? I did not know that. You never heard this story? I never heard this story. I wasn't there. Martha cut me off many years before when I said something ridiculous about her not being able to get a baby again. Well, there's a story that in uh, 1859, uh, this Revolutionary War veteran named Anthony Sherman re recounted how at Valley Forge, George Washington told him how he was praying and that this beautiful woman appeared and gave him a prophetic vision of a united, victorious America stretching from coast to coast. And this story, of course, has traveled on through the years. And you can even, there's even documentaries about it. I went looking on YouTube. Really? They have like the Ancient Aliens documentaries on the, hist on the, on the History Channel. Of course, of course. And they have the Founding Fathers and Aliens. And this story is in there. I'm going to have to completely ignore that knowledge for the rest of my life. Well, the only problem is it's totally not true. It was actually a story that was written and published in 1861 by a man named Charles Wesley Alexander under the pseudonym of Wesley Bradshaw. And he published a story called Washington's Vision, and it told this exact story. Okay. Was it meant as a... Well, he wrote several stories. He, he did this with several stories of using historical figures, and they would have a dream, and they would see an angel, or in one of the stories, they actually saw George Washington in okay. the vision. Okay, okay. But of course, in the passage of time... Icons. What? Icons. Yes, exactly. They used icons. Dreams of icons. Anyway, the story got handed down through time, and they forgot that it was written by someone. It was actually a fictional story. So it became a sort of folklore, and now it's accepted as... One of those amazing stories. Well, yeah, the church. And what what added to the authenticity of it was because this the Revolutionary War veteran who's telling the story is named Anthony Sherman. During the Revolutionary War, there was an officer named Anthony Sherman, but he wasn't stationed in Valley Forge at the time when this supposedly happened. He was stationed in Saratoga with General Benedict Arnold. Oh. Now, is he dirty by association? No, no. Okay. It's just, that's where he was stationed. That's where he was. Yep. I do what my boss tells me to do. So, if you ever hear a story about George Washington seeing an angel or an alien or well, the Virgin well, Mary, as you a can tell him it's BS. As a general topic, where yes. you land on angels and visions and ghosts and super terrestrials visiting and that kind of stuff. I believe in the possibility Okay, let's take visitation from from UFOs and visit out of the equation. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about ghosts and visions and uh, spirits and the like. Okay. Okay. Where do you land? If I, somebody claims that, what do you say to yourself? I say, I believe in the possibility. I believe that you believe that you saw that. That's two very different things right there. Well... Believing in the possibility of ghosts, I'm just saying that it's possible. May not be possible. Okay. But I'm saying it may be possible. Okay. And what about aliens? They may be possible as well. Of course you would say that, because if you say that about the ghosts, you, have, you sort of have to say that about them. You're, you're such a lawyer. Like that, that middle ground, non-committal fucking... And then all of a sudden no, but it goes into this emotional It thing. goes back to what I always talk about being that belief is the death of intelligence. Now, once you say that you believe in something... 
then you're no longer allowing reason or logic to enter into the equation. Okay. You have now settled on your belief. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Is settling on a belief not human? It's as human as settling on a belief. Is deciding not to settle on a belief human? Yes. As human? Or is it is it less base? Is it just a step up from the reptile mind where you, is good or bad? Is good or bad? It's good or bad. It could well, be maybe it could be. It could be both. And you, yeah, you graduate. So I'm wondering. Okay. All right. It could be both at the same time. <sighs> okay. You sort of have to question some. I need time. <laughs> we'll move on. Okay. But I need time for that one because. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment now, which is this day in history. What happened? Today, back in February 22nd, 1983, this play. Opened and closed on the same night at the Eugene O'Neill Theater. It was described as a mystery farce written by Arthur Bicknell and directed by John Roach. The Moose Murders. The Moose Murders, correct. It had 13 previews. Eve Arden dropped out after the second preview. preview. <laughs> and she was replaced by Holland Taylor. Oh, Holland Taylor's turning the world doing fucking Ann Taylor, Ann Tyler, and the governor of Texas. Yes, yes, uh, Ann Richards. Richards. Yes, Ann Richards. Yeah. Was she sturdy with that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Good for her. Holland Tale. I love Holland Tale. The cast at the time also featured a young actress named Mara Hobel, who played young Christina Crawford in the 1981 film oh, Mommy Dearest. Wow. Could you imagine that little girl going to work every day? Right. And it also starred another actress named June Gable, who had replaced Rita Moreno as Googie Gomez in The, R- in the Ritz. Okay. And she also played the agent of Joey Tribbiani on Friends. Oh, okay. Estelle was the name of the character. Yeah, she was great. Right? <laughs> great, good character. That's how, kind of how I see myself. Well, Harry, I wish I... Go ahead. New York Times theater critic Frank Rich referred to the night of Moose Murders as one of the most magically dreadful nights in New York stage history. I love that. He wrote... From now on, there will always be two groups of theater goers in this world. Those who have seen Moose Murders and those who have not. Those of us who have witnessed the play that opened last night will undoubtedly hold periodic reunions in the noble (laughs) tradition of the survivors of the Titanic. (laughs) Five years later, during a review of Carrie, he wrote, Only the absence of antlers separates the pig murders of Carrie from the moose murders of Broadway lore. (laughs) That he created, of course. Yep. And is now considered the standard by which all Broadway failures are judged. (laughs) I'd love to read it. Yes. I see they actually have productions or clips of productions on YouTube. Okay. It does look awful. It sounds awful. Yeah, but it's like... The reputation, but the reputation alone, alone you have to see it at least once. You know, if I can watch Plan Nine from Outer Space, which is considered the worst movie of all time, it just sounds like it from the title. <laughs> then I can see a uh, production of Moose Murders. I went to see Xanadu with Jack Holly. Okay, that must have been fun. Oh God, because he said, "Really, you want to go see Xanadu?" And I said, "Jack." It was in previews. I okay. said, "Jack, if it's awful, we could say we were there. That's right? worth it." <laughs> It's Xanadu, the musical. What are you kidding me? If it's, we gotta hope how horrible it is. 
Do you know what I mean? that that's worth saying? That, but it, it was, wasn't that horrible, was it? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> the show was great. I liked the show. Actually, later on, it was. It's a good show. It's actually. a good show. It's a it, fun, campy show. It, it really is. Yes, you go into that wanting ridiculous and coming out completely satisfied. And uh, how much of that is what Carrie Butler did? Because she was so. Well, uh, yeah, it's a it's an impression. It's a, yeah, you but, know. And and uh, I mean, it was a stupid, silly movie. Oh God! Olivia oh, Newton-John and this ridiculous plot about a muse. Isn't it also and a disco? Isn't it also sometimes considered the worst movie ever made? No, I do. No, I don't think so. I, really? Uh, I don't know. No, I think there are worse movie musicals than that. For sure. I loved it. He loved too. It. I enjoyed it. Jack Holly and I had a ball. It right? Was awesome. It, it was is. awesome. Anyway, moving on to this day in history. As you know, it's been Black History Month, and we've been trying to like note the achievements of African Americans during this whole month and everything. And when you go through the list of people that we put in there, we have a golfer, a poet, a zoologist, a doctor, a baseball player, a communist activist, a NASA scientist who, who, made, an who made an invention which they still use, a college professor, band leaders, blues musicians, a college football coach, a dancer... You name it, I and mean, it just it's it cuts across the spectrum of all the people that we've celebrated during Black History Month. And then I go back and read on this day in history what happened. And back on February second, eighteen ninety eight, at one a.m. in the morning, Fraser Baker, a forty year old black man from Lake City, South Carolina, and his infant daughter were murdered by a lynch mob. Mister Baker was the first African American in Lake City to be appointed as U.S. Postmaster. Despite vehement opposition to his appointment from the community, he held the position for six months. During that time, he was shot at twice and received numerous death threats. And then they lived. <clears throat> well, they lived basically in this building. It was a former schoolhouse that housed both the post office and a residence for them to live in. It was on the outskirts of town. But at 1 a.m. in the morning of February 22nd, a group of white men circled the house. They set it on fire and then fired into the house as the family was trying to escape. And the father, Mr. Baker, died. One-year-old infant died. The mother and five other kids got out. Three of them got injured. After it became news, thanks to uh, African-American journalist named Ida B. Wells and other people, it became like a national story, and uh, they actually persuaded President McKinley to order a federal investigation, resulting in a prosecution of 11 white men. And despite ample evidence, an all-white jury deadlocked five to five on all the charges, and the judge declared a mistrial. No one was ever retried. Tell me the year again. 1898. Black men could be on the juries? No. Okay. 18 it was an all-white jury. 18, uh, this particular jury, but was it illegal to have a, what were black men? Back then, yeah. Black, black men would not be allowed on a jury. When, when did that change? Sometime later in the 20th century. The 20th century. Yep. Okay. Hold on. There's a lot. Of, there's a, there's a lot there. Yeah, I mean um, it's just horrific. That's fucking horrific. I'm thinking to myself, and I don't know if this is ridiculous or not. Is it the house? Like, are they attacking it because he gets this house to live in? Like, this they're the, attacking the, it because the it's job. A, it's a is it the job? It's because of a black man in this position. That's why they did it. Okay, he was postmaster. Yes, of this. Of this town. Yes, he say, wasn't the only one at the time. McKinley appointed. A number of African American postmasters throughout the country. Okay. The only thing is, he didn't provide them any kind of protection at all. Okay. So I'm sure this wasn't the first person who they tried to run out of uh, the postmaster job. You know. 
I don't know, Patrick. I don't know. I, I'm sitting here with you on a Tuesday drinking wine. What the fuck do I know about anything? Well, I thought being mean that this is the end of, well, this is the last time we're observing Black History Month. I thought I'd end it with a short Wait, poem. Wait, you're not going to still post every day for the rest of the month? Oh, no, I'm doing the rest of the month through the 28th, but this is the last time on the show. So we're not podcasting again, but you're still observing the... Well, our next podcast is on March 1st. Okay. All right, all right, all right. So that's why I feel this will be our last podcast about it. During it, but you're yes. going to maintain the tradition of... During the week, daily notation. Yeah, the daily... The, exactly. All right, I look forward yeah. to that. So I think I end this with a, a poem written by Langston Hughes in 1945 called I Too. I Too Sing America. I am the darker brother. They send me to eat in the kitchen when company comes, but I laugh and eat well and grow strong. Tomorrow, I'll be at the table when company comes. Nobody will dare say to me, eat in the kitchen then. Besides, they'll see how beautiful I am and be ashamed. I, too, am America. See, Langston Hughes says it like nobody else. It's so true, it's so simple, it's so smart. But what I like about it is that there's hope in that. There's hope for a better future. I don't, I, I don't think there's hope. I think there's certainty. I will sit at that table, bitch. Yeah. Nobody will tell yeah, me to true. eat in the kitchen again. Right? That's not hope. Well, this is 1945. That's certain. <laughs> I know. And it takes somebody special to be able to do that. I think you should have had me read that cold. Next time I have a poem in the presentation. No, that's not true. Langston, I can read cold. There's some things I can read Oscar Wilde cold. There's some things I can't read cold. Don't give me no couplets and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds too No, funny. I am big pentameter for Tommy. Uh, unless I can read it outside of the rhythm. I want to read it, I want to read according to the punctuation. Okay. We now move on to what day is it? I've been asking myself that question and it's always Tuesday. <laughs> well, this Tuesday it is World Space. Wait, 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 day. this is some sort of day. Two, yeah. Two two twenty two. Two, two, it's 2 22 that's a big deal. Yes, it is. Uh, people get married on this day. Oh, are they? Yeah, they're going out special. There was an NPR thing about... I did not know that. Yeah, the the chapel of, you know, KY, whatever. is. They're saying that they're getting the most requests for this day above any other... Wow. Uh, Valentine's Day is big, for sure. Of course. But this day... Wow. Twos is lucky? I, I don't know. I don't either. Eh, the first I've heard. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's a mathematical thing. Well, aside from being a wedding day, it's also World Spay Day. Spay Day. Yep. That shouldn't rhyme. It was started in 1994 by the Dars Day Animal League. Dars Day Spay Day? To bring attention to the pet overpopulation problem in the United States and to encourage animal population control by neutering pets. Which I support. Dars Day Spay Day? Well, uh, no, it's not the name. The Doris ah. Day Animal League started Spay Day. Okay. It's the Doris Day Spay Day. <laughs> yes. I want to rip down. Doris Day Spay Day. <laughs> All right, let's move on. I think I've said it enough. I have made my pet. Oh, my God. <laughs> we now move on to Turn Your Head and Cough. <clears throat> and today's news is about a third person who has been reportedly cured of HIV. It happens sometimes. Researchers revealed today that an American described as a middle-aged woman of mixed race has likely been cured of HIV after undergoing a new transplant procedure using donated umbilical umbilical cord blood. Okay, so you stop right there. Stop. Yep. 
Stop. Yes. Okay. First of all, uh-huh. umbilical cord fluid. Blood. Blood. Yes. Is way too close to the baby. So anything that has to do with the baby, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to touch. But go ahead. The patient who needed a stem cell transplant for leukemia reportedly developed a new HIV re- HIV resistant immune system following a breakthrough procedure in which he was genetically matched with umbilical cord stem cells that contained an HIV-resistant mutation. She was part of a study that began in 2015 that was monitoring the outcomes of 25 people with HIV in the United States who underwent a transplant. Previously, only two men have been cured of HIV using a bone marrow or stem, or stem cell transplant. And while this is the third case of, of HIV remission in someone who received a stem cell transplant... They're cautioning that this method is not ideal because it involved a very rare mutation. So it's not really a cure for millions of people with HIV. But it's a breakthrough. And so it's not a cure. My objection here is about verbiage. Okay. Which I interpret right now as meaning word usage. Okay. Okay. If you call something a cure. Okay. To me, it's one of those magical words. Right. I don't even know what magical words are. I made that up right now. I don't even know that I could... There are some words that you don't fuck with. Okay. Okay, they were just... Cure is one of them. Uh, Unless you have it, I want receipts. I want to see it happen. I want to see it happen to 1,000 people. Good. Now I want to see it happen to 50,000 people. Good. Now I want to see it happen to Europe. That's a cure. Right. This is really interesting... It should uh, be. And uh, uh, intellectual masturbation. But it's not a cure. No, it's not. But it's, it's, it's uh, a breakthrough. Oh, it's shit. another breakthrough. You can, you're learning something about this. Yes. You're learning something. You learn where you can go. And yeah, I can stop it with this stuff. Now give me some time. And I want to know about that stuff. I don't want you to call it a cure. But it is curing these people in these three instances. I thought we had clearly defined what a cure was. <laughs> You're, 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 defining a, you're defining a cure as to as being applied to a mass of people. I wanted eradicated. Well, of course, we eradicated. Of course. Okay, so I all of it. I, the whole thing. I, the whole thing. I eradicated, which means everybody. And if you're doing it to this guy in Finland, awesome. That's cool. What'd you learn? What'd you figure out? Can you can you can you make a two dollar pill out of it? Not yet. The end. That's that's that. Now that's what you can call a cure. They called. They call the treatment now a cure, and it's not. Right. And it annoys the fuck out of me, because it's not. So do, you you have to use certain words. Genius. Don't don't say the word genius to me unless you you have you could back that. You okay. Genius is some serious. That that's a that's a serious serious word. Okay. Adjective. It means something, or it should mean something. Cure is the same thing. Okay. We're going to move on to our next topic now. Okay. What topic were we on? We were talking about the person who was cured of HIV from this. Hold my hand and cough. Yes. Turn your head and cough. Okay. But we're now going to move on, and we're going to take a look into my briefs. Oh, I always... This is... I'm never ready. (laughs) You know, because I block it out, so, like, I'm blocking it out now. But you've taken a look into my briefs so many times now. Anyway, today, the Supreme Court announced... Oh, I love these guys. I love these guys. Right? They're such theater. Yeah. They're such theater. They know. Because you know what? They're, now their backs are against the wall. These three college buddies. 
Who are you talking about? You know exactly who I'm talking about. Read your story. Read your Can story. I read the story? I please? want you to read the story because that's where the information is. Today, the Supreme Court announced it would hear the case of Lori Smith. The Denver-based designer offers graphic and website design services and wants to expand her wedding's website services. Good for her. But she says her Christian beliefs would lead her to decline any requests from a same-sex couple to design a wedding website. Is she going to take any public money to do any part of her business? Probably not. Then I don't care. Well, anyway, she also wants to post a statement on her website about her beliefs. Doing those things, however, would run afoul of a California anti-discrimination law. And Smith has argued that the law violates her free speech and religious rights. Hold on. I'm sorry. Let me catch up. So, she wants to put on her website her beliefs. She wants to say, yeah, but due to my beliefs, I will not... I, 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 so she would disclaim herself. Right. Okay, on her website. And California says, no, you can't do that. Colorado. Colorado says, yes. no, you can't do that. Yes. And they, did they tell her what? I forget the reasoning why I didn't, I didn't write that What's reasoning the law? down. What, do you, what information do you have? Well... Because I'm just catching up, so... Well, let me tell you. Right. Stop interrupting right. me, Jesus I'm on a Christ. train of thought. It's moving quicker than I expected. No Come on! Anyway, when the Supreme Court said it would take the case, it said it would only look at the free speech issue and said that it would decide whether a law that requires an artist to speak or to stay silent violates the free speech clause of the First Amendment. Yes, it does. The law, which prohibits discrimination on the basis of sex sexual orientation, was the same one at issue of the case of the Colorado Baker that was decided in 2018 by the Supreme Court. In that case, they said that the Colorado Civil Rights Commission had acted with anti-religious bias against uh, the baker. But they did not rule on the larger issue of whether a business can invoke religious objections <laughs> to refusing service to queer people. Here's my thought. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I'm clear about this. It's bad to tell people what they can and can't say. Well, yeah, that and, part... Uh, let me finish. And it's bad to tell people what they can and can't peddle. Okay. If there's a market for what she's peddling, then let her peddle it. If she don't want me there, I'll go somewhere else. She, she, should she be allowed to say, uh, we don't serve Jews. We don't serve Muslims. We don't serve Pakis. Are they protected? We don't serve immigrants. Are they, are they, are, are they protected? We don't serve N-words. So how is that any different from saying, we don't serve gay couples? Tell me the difference, please. I, I don't know that there is one. I uh, There may not be one. There probably isn't one. Uh, so there. But... As far as being able to say it on her website and to say that's against the law, that to me is a little, that's a different story. That is a free speech issue, which I think needs to be addressed. So she could say it. You can say it. But she can't do it. But you sh she should be prohibited from in doing that, from engaging in that discriminatory activity. I but her posting it on her website is not in itself discriminatory activity. That's her expression. That's her First Amendment Right of speech, but what does what 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 is she violating by declining service to anybody? If she's declining it because of their race, their gender, sexual orientation, religion, disability, whatever the qualifications are under this Colorado law, then yes, it's a violation. Then it's just, so, okay. All right. Well, so, so, all right. So then, what happened? Well, only that the Supreme Court is decided today they're going to take on the case. They're going to look at They're it. going to have oral arguments on the case in the fall. Okay. Because I got to tell you, I had pretty, I guess, conservative views on this, like, originally. Like, 
Yes, I know. We discussed this once before. Yeah, we've done this a couple of times. Yep. And I still maintain that I like people to talk because I want to know who they are. When they talk, they tell you who they are. When they talk and say, I don't want you here, then that tells you who they are. And that's going to tell everybody who they are. Yep. I find great value in that. That's all I'm saying. So I, I, I fall to that as, that's clearly not all I'm saying. I fall back to that as a place of comfort where that's sort of what I ride on. That's, is that it's sort of a bad idea to tell people what they can and can't say. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Who the fuck do I know? I can't get through stenographer school, for fuck's sake. Go ahead. Keep going. In California, this past Friday, California Governor Gavin Newsom proposed a bill which would let private citizens in the state sue gun makers to stop them from selling assault weapons, just as Texas lets its residents sue abortion providers to stop those procedures, and basically dare the Supreme Court to treat the issues the same way. So what happened, California had previously banned the sale and manufacture of many assault-style guns, but for decades had been banned. Last year, U.S. District Court Judge Roger Benitez overturned the law, ruling that was in- unconstitutional and compared the AR-15 rifle to a Swiss Army knife as, quote, good for both home and battle, close right. quote. Okay. So... So wait, this hold is on. Newsom now saying, okay, you're going to find that law unconstitutional. Now I'm going to do this law modeled on Texas abortion law. What are you going to do about that? He's basically throwing down the gauntlet on this. Well, you got to pay the piper. So if you create a law that is meant to discourage a certain thing, it's going to come back to you if you want to do that certain thing. And that's what's happening. Well, but there's one problem law-wise. When it comes to the right to bear arms... That's a right that's protected under the Constitution. Right. Under the Bill of Rights. That's the Second correct. Amendment. Until we get a group of people who can agree on what words mean. But go ahead. But the right to choose, the right to choose an abortion, right. is not enumerated protected. in the Constitution. Okay. It's been a protected right as enunciated under Supreme Court law and precedent. Okay. So it's, a di- it's in a different category than the right to bear arms. So so that's why this California law may be treated differently from the abortion law in Texas. Because it's a protected right in the Constitution. Yep. Uh, so people should be aware that yeah, it may be treated differently. So Yeah, uh, okay. It's just shameful. What is? It's uh, it, the distinctions and the, the hair splitting of it all. It's, and it, it's just so... Unfortunately, that's what the law is like. It's splitting hairs. You can... You, Jesus, like, it depends on who you vote to judge on that. Like, who do you vote for that's going to appoint the Supreme Court? Like, it's all about... If that's the end, if that's dead stop right there, don't you need some uh, thinking... <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> what I'm saying is that it seems so. Uh, you're choosing one thing over another to to get all hot and huffy about. Yes. And the other thing is happening, and you're not getting hot and huffy about that other thing. Well, basically, what they're saying is, if you're going to find this Texas abortion law legal, exactly. which is more than likely is, may happen, of course that happens. Then you got to find this California gun law legal now uh, too. On, on the, the on the same on the same merits of the law. Yeah, but like I said, because of its different status, that it's not a right listed written into the Constitution or the Bill of Rights. By Thomas it'll Jefferson's probably be treated own differently. Hand. Yep, it'll probably be treated differently. 
Should it be? Or if a Supreme Court precedent is a Supreme Court precedent not secure enough, not statement enough, not period enough, not not well. What do I want to say? Uh, well, the end well, of the story. That's incomplete. This court has shown a willingness to ignore precedent. That's why they're probably going to overturn Roe v. Wade, which has been precedent since what 1970, I think. Or so the point, what I was trying to say about voting for people who put Supreme Court justices in is that they're going to be the ones who make these decisions. Of course, ultimately. but that's and that's a problem I've been yelling about for years. Is that when the Democrats have run for office. They never talk about the judges are going to appoint. You know, no. they've always they never worry about that. And look what happened now. Look what we have in our Supreme Court. But anyway, and none of them are hot. Sorry, no. none of them are hot. <laughs> none of them are hot. Sotomayor comes the closest. <laughs> you would tap Sonia? No. Okay. She's the closest. Okay. Actually, no. Never mind. Not even Roberts. He's not even up your alley. No. He's all clean cut and everything. It's 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 a it's a Kavanaugh. You can get drunk easily, I guess. Yeah, I don't like Kavanaugh's whole face. It looks like somebody let the air out of a tire. I don't like that whole. It's the same kind of face I have. It's that sort of saggy Irish dumbness. Uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. We now move on to our next segment: the week in fascism. Bum, 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 clouds, flashlighting, heavy organ music. Spotlight in Patrick at the desk. <laughs> Dateline, Florida. Dateline, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> See, a foley table. <laughs> we could do things with a foley table. It'd be fun. Old men. Who knows what a fucking foley table is? Old gay men. Yes. Go. In Florida, the uh, don't say gay bill is now advancing through the Florida legislature. Which should take care of all the gay people. There won't be any more gay people well, in Florida. Good for that. I went to look up exactly what this bill says. And what it says is, Classroom instruction by school personnel or third parties on sexual orientation or gender identity may not occur in kindergarten through third grade or in a manner that is not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. Hold on. That's the law? That's the law. The whole law. Well, there was an amendment on this bill, which they removed today because under this amendment, the schools would have been forced to out any student who told them that they were gay. Oh, I don't like that. And they would have been forced to notify the parents. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. Well, that was withdrawn today. That not, amendment. Not teaching kindergarten to third graders about about gay people. And I, 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 okay, Let, teach, those, teach those fuckers colors. Well, the numbers. question is, how do we define... The alphabet. What do we define as classroom instruction? Does that mean a rainbow flag is not allowed to be displayed? It's a, no, of course not. Does that mean that children are not allowed to talk about their same-sex parents? No, of course not. Are you sure? Uh, well, it shouldn't be. Do you live in Florida? How I, do you know how they're going to enforce the law? Don't ask me questions you know the answers to. This is not a cross-examination counselor. <laughs> okay? I'm just raising the questions. Uh, and I'm trying to answer them. Uh, I'm a little drunk and you know it for, for, for this shot-fire interview process. You have no wonder why you're known as the fucking queen of the deposition you get done in 90 minutes. <laughs> That's too long a queen title. Actually, it's 60 minutes. Queen of the 60-minute deposition. <laughs> is that what we... We go with that. I'm just saying I don't know anymore because the topic's out of my head. 
It's out of your head. Where were we? What were we talking about? We were talking about? about the Florida Zone Say Gay Bill. Yeah, you know what? Again, shit like that pendulums swing. This is clearly a pendulum. The most social things are like these pendulum, sort of they swing back and forth until they sort of like level out. It's just been extreme for a really long time. Well, this is crazy. Yeah, they're trying to basically wipe out queer people from existence. But in if you want, if they're saying elementary schools, if they're saying that you can't teach gay people from kindergarten to third grade, what are you teaching about gay people that's not sort of already in the curriculum? Yeah, K to third grade, I want colors, <laughs> shapes. Numbers. Well, you know they're not. I want you to know the alphabet. Right. I want you to be able to yeah. print them. They're write not your teaching name. these kids about sex. I want say, you. I you want know? every time a kid comes up and mentions something to you, I want you to address it passionately. But they are teaching. Kids, but they are teaching kids about families. And are we going to hear about different kinds of families? You are. You if you're talking about at the classroom level, but you that, are absolutely going to we, hear. About well, different families. Then that's prohibited. You can't teach about that. So is there advice from the people who have prohibited this to the well, teachers? Well, the, the bill has not come into it. It's not been passed as law yet. Would there be, then? Change the tense with me on the fly here, Patrick. Okay. You talk about me wasting time. <laughs> Would there not be... What is the advice that the people who passed down this this order, this... What is it? It's a law. It's, it's a remedial law. Okay. What What is their advice to the people who are on the front lines, the teachers, to do? Well, nothing's if, been said. Nothing. If there the, are there are no guidelines on this. If a seven year old comes up to their teacher and says, "Oh, my two daddies," what is the teacher's proper response? Who knows? They They may have to say, "Sorry, I can't discuss that with you." That's what it may come down to. Which seems to me, is complete- teachers turning their back on their queer students? Or on students who have come from queer families. Who else is like you're not allowed to talk about? Well, that only it's only it's, it's about sexual orientation or gender identity. Okay, mommy used to be a daddy. Yeah, you can't can't talk about that. No, six year old can't. No, nope. verboten. Nope. Not allowed to be talked about. And the goal is, of course, good, clean, young white American minds. Yeah. All right, and we all know what the consequence is going to be. I, I, yeah, it's it's disgusting. It really is. Are they in any way going to? monitor internet access to the people who they're afraid might get educated by this in public school. I don't know. Now, a kindergartner to third grade doesn't have internet access, but third grade is a seven-year-old. By the time they get to sixth grade, bitch has internet access. Right. No kidding. What I'm saying is who, what do you, what do you think you're protecting them from that they're not going to be able to access elsewhere. But it's, Why it's not the whole, arm them it, with it, the information? But it goes back to the whole thing of 60, 70 years ago. You didn't talk about gay people. They didn't exist. No, I understand. You and that's what they're trying to go back to with this. Yes, and what good did it do them? None. Do you know? But I'm you know how it, harmful this will be to gay, to queer students itself? I thought about this too. That they're going to be told in school, we, we, uh, you can't talk about being queer. That's what they're going to be told. It's going to be told they're going to see there's something negative about themselves. Then. From kindergarten to third grade. Yeah. All right. W- what happens to the 11th grader? Well, uh, worse. Hold on. The 7th grader. Oh. Well, it's the thing. It has to be, like I said, it's to be or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. See, not to me. That That's was, vague. That's all vague. I read that. I when you when you read it to me, I heard that as being related to the K to three. It's beyond. It's just saying may not. It says classroom instruction blah on this topic may not occur in kindergarten through grade three or 
in a manner that is not age-appropriate or okay. developmentally appropriate for students in accordance with state standards. So you can't teach a sixth grader about fisting? <laughs> I guess not, but okay. where were you going to anyway? Well, you know? That's what I'm saying, is what is it that you're afraid they're going to learn? What is it that the public school system is going to teach your kids? That being gay or being queer is normal. Is that's what they're afraid of learning, because oh. they still treat it as a fucking sin and an evil. But don't they make... I have nothing to pound on. Well, I do have nothing to pound on, but I don't feel like pounding. I'm not that emphatic about this, because... It, it seems like people rise above bullshit like this. These kids are going to rise above this. They're going to know more. They're going to know better. They're going to meet other people. They're going to, they, they, have a, they have a bigger reach, which is double-edged swords all around. I understand it. I get it. <laughs> but in but the meantime, it's, it's crippling Florida's education system. It, it, yeah, which is a, which is a goddamn <laughs> And that's shame. only going to be to the detriment of its students. We should, can, we, can we? I want to take a note for research. What? The percentage of geniuses, known geniuses from each state. How many geniuses is fucking Florida producing? And I'm know. sure there's a couple. Well, there's one here more that's not a genius I'm going to be telling you about now. Tell me who. Senator Rick Scott. Oh, uh, he's from Idaho. No, from Florida. Florida Senator Rick Scott. Yes. There's you know, two guys with the same name. I don't know. Go ahead. Anyway, he's the chairman of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. All right, this sounds like a big job. That's responsible basically raising for raising money, raising money, and supporting the elections of Republicans to the U.S. To Senate. To Republicans, it's all legit. Right. Well, today he released this plan called Rescue America, and I encourage everyone to take a look at it. it Why? It's on, it's on a website called RescueAmerica.com. Why I'm saying you should look at it, because most of the Republicans, if you ask them what their agenda is going to be for the 2022 elections, they're not going to tell you what their agenda is. They're just going to say, oh, we're going to restore things back. That's about it. They're going to be very vague. They're not going to say what it is that they want to do. Rick Scott here made the mistake of saying what they want to do. Where did he say it? On this site called RescueAmerica.com. So it was like a like a blog post or something? It's blog a post? whole long site. It's an 11-point plan of the Republicans' agenda if they win back the Senate majority. Hit me. Give me a topic. I'll read it to you about it. Uh, there, aren't there 11 points? There's 11 points. Maybe I can find one that's under the one of these 11 points. Give me a topic. Uh, just give me a point. Education. Education is a good topic. Our kids will say the Pledge of Allegiance, salute right. the flag, right. learn that America is a great country, and choose the school that best fits them. Okay. We will inspire patriotism and stop teaching the revisionist history of the radical left. Hold on. Is there any indication of what is included in revisionist history? Of course not. Okay. Does okay. So now, as a person, you have to inter you you have to interpret this. So does does that phrase? What is it? What was it? Revisionist history. Revisionist history mean recognizing the fact that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington were slaveholders. Right. That would be considered revisionist is history. Is that revisionist history? Probably. Or is it revisionist history is to say that George Bush won the general election over Al Gore uh, and the Supreme Court decided and I'll never get over well, that's it. That's a whole other story. Uh, is, that, is that the same thing? Is that revisionist history? Uh, well, Go ahead. I understand what you're saying now. Yeah. I'm continuing reading from the site. Our kids will learn about the wisdom of the U.S. Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and the Founding Fathers. Public schools will focus on the three R's, not indoctrinate children with critical race theory 
or any other political ideology. Public schools will teach our children to love America because, while not perfect, it is exceptional, it is good, and it is a beacon of freedom in an often dark world. No child will be taught that they are inherently racist because of the color of their skin, or that some Americans are oppressors uh, and others are oppressed. We will not allow political or social indoctrination in our schools. Teachers who refuse to comply will need to find new jobs. Um, I'm sorry. You have to go back because I stopped listening after you said two <laughs> certain words. Go back. Not too far. Not about no child should be taught that Americans are oppressors or others are oppressed? No. Is that it? No. No. Or that they're inherently racist? There's your one that I'm talking about. <laughs> You're inherently racist. Yes. There's no such thing. As inherent by inherent no racist, you're saying somebody who's you're born, born, racist. born to be racist. Yeah. Okay. So A, there is no such a thing as inherently racist. Of course not. Okay. That's not only taught at home, it's enforced by the state. So uh you gotta stop there. There's a flag there. There's nobody say, hold on, this is not right. No, you can't say that because it's not true. So everything after that to me is foggy. Yeah, so it's I supposed to be. Okay, I wanted to stop there to address that. Okay. And I, and to ask you, out of the kindness of your Irish heart, to read what came after so I could understand fully. Well, it, it, among the rest of it that I quoted from the site about education says, we will close the Federal Department of Education. Education is a state function. If Congress wants to spend money on education... They can cut out the middleman and send it directly to schools and parents. This is bad. This is this is bad. No, this is the best. It will be America's goal to be number one in the world in math and science by 2030. Okay. <laughs> Good luck. Because the deficit is so deep. Yeah. There's no way. Which topic would you like to hear about next? Oh, hold on. Because there's plenty here. There's 11 of them. That's what I'm saying, and I wanted you to read them, but now I really don't. Give me what, what's what's topic number eight. Topic number eight is family. Oh, I love to hear this, but this is gonna piss me off. <laughs> Go ahead. What does who is this we're talking about? This is Senator Rick Scott's who is Rescue America plan, and he's in charge. For he's raising the chairman money. of the National Republican Senatorial Committee. So this guy's going to be contacting you to give you money, and he wants you to know eleven reasons why. Yep. And the first one, I, I don't even think I could. Well, I we, you I just asked about the topic. PTSD'd of did it. You just asked about number eight. Number eight was family. This family. Is, this is yeah, what, this, is, this gonna, is what it says. This is going to be bad. The nuclear family oh, is crucial Jesus. to civilization. It is God's design for humanity. And it, must be oh, and it must be protected and celebrated. To say otherwise is to deny science. Uh, the fanatical uh, left seeks to devalue and redefine the traditional family as they undermine parents and attempt to replace them with government programs. We will not allow socialism to place the needs of the state <laughs> ahead of the family. This is all, oh, this, this quote I loved. Even though many single moms heroically, heroically do the job of raising a family, as my mom often had to, children need and deserve both parents, and government should not be shy about saying so. I want to go back to a number of things. I'm going to forget <laughs> most of them. But his mother oftentimes found herself as a single mother. <laughs> I think that deserves research. I think you should flag that and get back to me. <laughs> Have your people call Elizabeth because that's so fun. What does that mean? 
All right, it's not the best language. But moving on from the that, can we concentrate on what the hell he's fucking talking about? No, because he's full of shit. And he's bullshit. Well, don't give me full of shit. I don't. What? What are we giving him air time for on our podcast? Why? He's not even on Spotify anymore. Why? Because people need to know when they go into a voting booth in November and they say, oh, "I'm going to vote for a Republican." This is the kind of shit they're voting for. Uh, and yeah, this is a guy from the fucking Florida. But this is what these Republicans believe. All I'm saying is I don't so know that's what, why. what the response is you want from me. I agree with you. I'm on your side. Go us. I can't add much more to the anger and fire of what you're fucking bringing to this. So all I can do is sit in the background like the choir and say, Amen! So, Amen! Keep going. Would you like to hear about any of the other? I don't know what the fuck I'm hearing about. Just talk to me and I'll talk back to you. That's all I'm saying. That's what I'm here to do. I'll go on to number 10. Oh. This is a religious liberty slash big tech. They put them together. They put them together. Right. I don't know why. Let's, let's see if we can work it out. The Democrat Party. I love when they do that. The Democrat Party and their big tech allies are not merely, merely secular. They have virtually created a new religion of wokeness that is increasingly hostile towards people of faith, particularly Christians and Jews. They are determined to drive all mention of God out of public view. We will not be silenced, canceled, or told what words to use by the politically correct crowd. Americans will not be required to go against their core values and beliefs in order to conform to culture or government, we will reject both the roots and adherence of cancel culture in America. Every American will be free to live out their religious convictions in the public square, not only in the home or a place of worship. All social media platforms that censor speech and cancel people will be treated like publishers and subject to legal action. No tax dollars will be used to pay for any diversity training or other woke indoctrination that is hostile to faith. Churches and faith-based group, faith groups will not be forced to hire employees who disagree with their tenets and convictions. Remember, the Second Amendment was established in order to protect the freedoms guaranteed in the First Amendment. Amen. These are scary fucking people. They, they are. They're scary fucking people. They have to be recognized. I, I could read you all the other ones, but we don't have that much all that time. Uh, times is tough. I gotta get to work. But go to, I advise people, go to rescueamerica.com. I'm gonna probably post a link on our bonus materials on our website. It's such a... Once you start talking about God's plan, you lose me. Because what the fuck do you know from God's plan? I know. What inside line do you have that I don't? All right. I get it. I'm an atheist. So I, my inside line, I'm probably on hold listening to the music. But if he is what you say he is, first of all, a he, then my call is going to be answered. I don't know where I am. I don't know You got either. me in this whole oh religious God. thing with this. I don't know what's going on. But I'm just saying. It, it seems to me that if you invoke God, you have to, you have to acknowledge all of his creation. Of which, like it or not, I am a part. So think about that before you go raising your Matthew dot dot two two for that that twenty three four and talking to me about about what God wants because you don't know what God wants. Fuck you. Fuck you. Well said. Fuck you too. Okay. Go ahead. 
We would normally move on to our next segment, which is Sheila has a question. But Sheila didn't provide a question. She did not provide a question this week. I, you know, and you know what's fucked up about that? She was a guest last week. You would yep. think, all right, so let me throw them one fucking bone, and then I'll, I'll like, wean them off. Right? But no. No, not sure. Couldn't even do that. Not one single question. Mm-mm. Not, not, is the total people over or under? <laughs> How much time could you and I do on total people over or under? <laughs> Too much. Over? Over, of course. Well, I guess not that much time. <laughs> but you, the point is made. We now move on. <laughs> there it is again. But you did it on purpose. I did it on purpose, of yeah. course. The first time it wasn't on purpose. We now move on yeah. to our next segment, We Like to Watch. And what are we watching this week? Oh, I was about to ask you the same question. A new murder mystery show. Oh, what's the name of it? Uh, I have no idea. Okay. They're all the same. They're all the same. They're all... This hook is uh, We Found This Guy. Okay. Okay, so they go through the investigation, and then they go through the crime, and they go through the investigation, and then they find the guy. That's the story. That's the so you know going in what the ending is. Wait, is it? Are you watching on Netflix as a Catching Killers? Netflix, yes, Catching Killers. We just finished watching that. That's her. We actually liked it. Yeah, that's because it was the story of the serial killers. But told from law enforcement's point of view, uh, and, and what they of went like through. That. There's all sorts of shit like that. Well, this this one because I liked it was it was like half an hour, forty minute segment. It was good. It's yeah, good. it was yeah. really good. I thought I'm not I'm not quite as much in as you are. I oh, I fin- I, we watched both seasons already. We finished it already. Oh yeah, I didn't even know there was two seasons. So. Yeah, there are like four episodes. In, like in yeah, each yeah, season. yeah, yeah, yeah. But what did you watch this week? Then? I watched that. You watched that. What was it, what was it called? Catching Killers Catching on Killers? Netflix. I watched both of the RuPaul series. Oh, of course you did. And I'm still not angry about the fucking way he is milking this shit. Now he got, <laughs> he's got, I don't even know what it is. Is it a season or is it a, is it the backstage? I don't know. I think it's a season. Okay. And then he's got UK versus the world. Okay. Which is really just UK queens and other queens. So completely pointless. There's no team effort. There's no. They're not working as teams. Okay. Okay. So uh, yeah. So I like RuPaul. Watching cool. that. That's fun to me. Excellent. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing. Lots of news. Lots of news. Okay. I of course. Lots of news. I actually watch. We watch two new things. Well, actually, I watch one with Steven, one without Steven. Oh, does he know? Yes, he knows. Oh, that's <laughs> he not okay good. He was okay with it, but uh, the one we watched together was also on Netflix. That's such a dating. That's such a married. Like couple thing. Well, yeah, you we watch wa- TV without me. Yeah, he does like, that. He watch. There are certain shows he watches without me because he watches more TV than I do. That it's an issue is my. Well, issue. if I watch a show like and I watch an, a, 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 a continuing series, and if I watch an episode without him, yes, then it's an then it's an issue. All right. But uh, together we watched on Netflix a new series called it's a limited series called Inventing Anna. Oh, I saw that pass through my screen. Yeah, it's, I ignored it. It's it's actually pretty good. Is it? What it's is it? it's about this Russian con artist named Anna Sorokin who posed as a German heiress named Anna Delvey, and she basically conned and defrauded her way through hundreds of thousands of millions of dollars. From like night twenty thirteen to like twenty seventeen. Really? And she eventually she eventually did go to jail. And this is basically the story of so what she, she all did. What did she do? Did she bed hop? Did she what did she do? She she lies about 
everything. And how far up does she go? She basically gets to the point where she gets a forty million dollar loan from a bank. Fuck me. Yeah, because she has all these people so fooled and so conned. That's fantastic. And it's told from the perspective of this reporter who's trying to get the story on her. And it's 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 it, and it's actually based on her story, the reporter's story about her. Really, really good. We're really enjoying it. So this is real life true? Yeah, it's based on it. They they say every they go everything in this movie is true, except for all the parts that are false. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> that's yeah. Okay. Oh, that sounds like fun. so. Yeah, it's a fun show. What's we, her we, name? Anna. Uh, Anna, well, the name of the character is Anna Delvey. It's played by an actress named Julia Garner. She's really, really good in the part. What am I going to see that's going to make me click it? What do you mean? When it comes across my page. You'll my... probably see her face wearing this, like, br- her brown hair looking all kind of ratty and her thick glasses. No words. And her prison. You may see, yeah, there's promos for it all the time. What's it Netflix. called? Inventing... Anna. Inventing Anna and the, the big goods have arrived. Yes, Thank they you, have. Mama. Thank you, honey. And well, the other show that I watched without my husband. Uh oh. It's a very funny series. There's only like six episodes. It's called Murderville. Okay. The premise of the show is as a guest star every week. And they're not given a script. They're basically told that they're the junior partner who's now joining the homicide squad. They are paired with a senior cop. And you're going to go investigate a homicide. And the detective is played by Will Arnett. And he's great, playing his character named Terry Seattle. He's this old grizzled homicide detective. And so far on the show, they've had Conan O'Brien. They had this football player named Mershawn Lynch. In upcoming episodes, they're going to have Annie Murphy from Schitt's Creek and Sharon Stone. Oh, funny. And I watched three episodes so far. They're funny. As hell. That's awesome. Because the senior cop will tell the junior cop what he has to do. And they have everyone doing these ridiculous uh. things at times. But at the end of the... Because each show's about a half an hour. At the end, the guest star has to figure out who the murderer was based on all the clues given. Okay. <laughs> how, how, how well do they do normally? I saw three. Two of them got it so far. One didn't. Who didn't? Because nobody cares about the I don't winners. remember now. Who fell on the ice? I think it was Kumail Nanjani, a comedian. Okay. He was in the third episode. Very right. funny episode. Okay. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Very, very funny show. Good okay. premise. You actually physically put your thumb up. Yes, I did. For those of you out there who can't see us. <laughs> Thankfully, that's all of you. Hello, Abigail. We now move on to our next segment. People saying stupid things. Oh, he's changed the title. Well, because also I love the acronym for it. Psst. <laughs> you really do need help. Anyway, today's nominee in People Saying Stupid Things. People Saying Stupid Is Republican senatorial candidate Josh Mandel. Oh, I love his name. He's running for the Senate in Ohio. I would vote for him based on his name. Well, he's he is a Republican, don't Is forget. he cute? I don't know. I don't think so. Is he old? No. He's, I think, in his 30s, maybe. Nobody named Josh is ever old. <laughs> Probably not. But anyway, he was having a debate against his Democratic opponent, Morgan Harper, who had just answered a question about he whether... He sounds hot, too. Well, I don't know what they look like. Who had just answered a question about whether she would give oh, her she. unconditional support to defend Israel if so Iran hot. attacks a Jewish state. So, when they turn to Mandel, this is what he says. Morgan, 
Do you know the only country on the whole planet where Africans were not bought, brought as slaves? The Jewish state of Israel. Really? Now, how old is this guy? I think he's in his 30s, I believe. So he has no concept of 1940. I guess he doesn't realize that like, the Jewish state of Israel has only been in existence since 1948. 48? I was close. Before that, there was no state of Israel. In biblical times, there was the kingdom of Israel. And but that was always sort of uh, ambiguous anyway. But you know what? According to the Old Testament, they owned slaves. Yeah, of course they owned slaves. Yes, there's whole sections in the Old Testament about the care and maintenance and treatment of slaves. See, that's what... So that, it's like, Josh, you're wrong on so many levels. Well, <laughs> But... He's a fascist Republican, so I'm not surprised. Because you know what a lot of that is, too? That, like, Egypt slavery? Mm -hmm. Is people enslaving people who look like them. Well, that's what a lot of... Well, especially in Africa, I mean... Oh, yeah. In Africa, it happened. It happened in Asia. It happened in Europe, you Where know? People, people... They people didn't just enslave. enslave. They didn't bust people in from Africa. Yeah. Uh, the, this is a... The African slave trade didn't come until... Centuries later, this you know, a, and they had their own slave trade in a border. I'm sure. Yeah, you conquer a people; you, those people are enslaved. That was the that's the way that humanity has worked. Yeah, in the past, up until recently, right? Not a very good fucking method of creating a society. No, it's not. But there you have it. We now move on to our next segment. We now move on. Five phase. Five phase. I understand this. This I understand. Today's topic this. is our five five, five favorite. Our, our favorite. Our five favorite African American actors. Will Smith. Oh, he's number one in your first choice. Ah, uh, he's in the list. Okay. I like Will Smith. Okay. Well, I was gonna say, can we just stipulate that Sidney Poitier... Sidney Poitier is a stipulation. Okay, yes. good, yes. That does take one away Okay, yeah, take, I, All right, I, I'll actually clears my list for someone else, so I'm happy about that. Okay, I'm not thinking as quickly as you are, so let's move along slowly <laughs> here. But my first jump in, off the bat, Will Smith. Will Smith. I love him. You he's love adorable. Him. He's funny. He can make you feel things. And maybe it's because he's funny that he can make you feel things. Because uh, nothing makes you cry like a clown. Uh, but I love him. Okay. I love I love his weirdness. I love his weird relationship with his wife. What I see as his not let's not say weird. Let's let's say the right words. What are the right words? Non traditional. Okay. Or more likely, more much more likely, vocally non traditional arrangement he has with his wife. They're married. Mm-hmm. They're, you know, but they they said he pisses me off. I I I like their kids. Okay. What's her name? I don't know. The wife. The wife. Isn't it Jada Pinkett Smith? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jada. Jada. Jada Pinkett Smith. I like her too. Woof. I don't want to cross that bitch. I don't <laughs> I don't want to be the one who brings her cream instead of milk. Uh but uh, but she's yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, who's your first? My first choice, Robert Guillaume. Benson! Benson. He was the first real like black character that I saw on TV all the time. All the time. First on one of my Favorite comedy shows of all time, Soap. One of the funniest fucking shows of the 70s and of all time, I think. It was a great show. And he played the butler for the Rich family. I have a story about this. And then eventually they spun his character off because he was so to popular. To his own show. To his own show where he was, a, I think, a governor's aide. Called That's Benson. Exactly right. Benson. 
And what a fantastic it comedic actor. It was the same actor. character. The character left the family and went to work. Yeah, the government. same character. Yeah. I mean, he was not only good not... He was in... Remember the movie Stand By Me? About yes. uh, the teacher uh, Joe, baseball bat Joe down in Jersey. Where, where, they, where they find the dead people? Where the kids no. go out and find the dead guy? No. That's not Stand By Me? No. Uh, maybe I'm thinking... Of, maybe I'm getting the title wrong. Maybe I am. More but about more about the school about the uh, about the African American principal he takes over the school and he starts imposing strict discipline okay. and he starts waving a baseball bat. All right. And Robert Guillaume is in that movie. It's actually with Morgan Freeman. Okay, well, who's on my list? Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean Robert Guillaume. But Robert Guillaume. I remember. I'm younger than you. Not by much, but, but yeah. younger enough for this story to make sense. <laughs> My mother watched Soap after we went to bed, okay? We weren't allowed up to watch Soap. <laughs> soap was to look too adult. And I remember one night being woken up and actually afraid enough to go downstairs because of the noise that I was hearing, this constant loud noise that I was hearing coming from, I was pretty sure it was my mother. So I went downstairs and she's in the den laughing her ass off <laughs> at Soap. Yep. And... The, I I could tell you the scene, Patrick. I have zero memory. Okay, I no memory of my life. But the, there are certain things, and I didn't know this was one of them. That just all clear. He may have been Benson. Hold on. He is with no. He's with the guy, the family he worked for. Okay, the head of the family he worked for. That dopey, ridiculous, super rich white guy. Okay, so he was, they were working together. They were in the scene together. And they were filming a commercial okay. about basically uh, cereal with bran flakes and raisins. Okay. Okay, so the white guy, the white head guy, the, the guy he's working for is the flake. And he's standing in a big bowl of milk. And he's the flake. And he's got lines. And when he says his lines, when 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 it's Benson's cue as the raisin, Robert Guillaume's cue is the raisin, he's supposed to tap Robert Guillaume on the shoulder so Robert Guillaume knows to come out of the milk because he can't hear his cue because he's in the milk. And he keeps forgetting it. He keeps forgetting to tap him. He says the wrong line. They go, and and every time Robert Guillaume pops up, he... he, he, he it grows more and more each time. It becomes a, and that she woke me up, a story above her head, laughing. And, and I'll never forget it. That was soap. Yeah, Robert Guillaume. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he was funny. Right, he was. Jesus. Definitely. Good choice, I thought. That is a good choice. Right? Who was number two for you? Uh, well, we already said who, who the number two was. Well, you mentioned Morgan Freeman Morgan before. Freeman. Okay. Yeah, I love Morgan Freeman. I almost put him on the list, but I... You did? Yeah, I almost put him on. Who'd you put on instead? I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. All right, so I'm going I'm to I'm go there. Okay. I like his old grizzliness. <laughs> you know, that appeals to me. I, he That face demands gravitas. Wait. You listen to what that man says? Yep. Yeah, Morgan Freeman. Good choice. My next choice, Brian Stokes Mitchell. <laughs> I took your breath away. <laughs> Stokes. He's really good. I first saw him years earlier on this what TV are you show. On those notes. Your nominee, so I remember for later from my notes. But I remember seeing him on a TV show called Trapper John MD, which is a spinoff from MASH. But that's what I first saw him on. And then, years later, I saw him in Ragtime, and he was amazing. 
I'm going to just make an observation easy. here, just as somebody who has spent X amount of time with you. Mm-hmm. Ragtime mm-hmm. is hugely influential to you. You mentioned Ragtime over and over. And I over love and the over show. I liked. I had. I. It's I even have. Loving the show. I even have the studio recording of that show. It's deeper than that. I think it's something you should go over with your therapist. Oh, you really? The yeah. Why Ragtime <laughs> figures? It looms very large because there's so many. It's a great show. Oh, it's awesome. Uh, you don't have Come to on. sell it. Brian Stokes Mitchell, Marin Mazzi. and what's her name? Audrey McDonald. Thanks, you. What's not to like? You know, yeah, beautifully written. They it's a great score. They, they the score is things. oh my god. Those two guys, Aaron's and Flattery. Yeah, beautiful things. What's so? Like I said, what's not to like? Yeah. So, what's your next Why choice? Oh, okay. So, wait, hold on. We're doing black actors. Yes. Okay. I have said so far Will Smith. I have said so far Morgan Freeman. I want to go with Sherman Hemsley. Sherman Hemsley. Oh my God. Yes. Ha <laughs> ha Mr. Jefferson. Yeah. You know what? I think there's a lot of... Uh, he plays a character out so outside of the norm. Oh, yeah. He's uh, basically... He's a black bigot. Especially in the early episodes of All in the Family. Well, well, the earlier... The, when we first hear about, about Jefferson, we, we don't see Sher- Sherman Hemsley. No. I think through the season, that first whole season where there's always his brother is there yeah. instead, and and we never we we see yeah, you Weezy. saw him later. You saw you always saw Weezy. We yeah. see all kind of Weezy, which is awesome. I love Weezy. Isabel Sanford. Oh God, we don't see him, and then he's revealed. We see his son, right, Lionel. Um, we don't see who he is, and I, I that's a mystery to me. I don't understand what that's about. Were they waiting? For him to get yeah. out of something else. Yeah. I don't understand what happened there behind the scenes technically. It's interesting to me. That he he had no real basis for that part. Who was he? Who was he mimicking? Who was he the rich the rich white dry cleaner from the upper east side? Right. I, I it was a breakthrough him. show. I thought he was you know? great. I thought his relationship with Mama was great. I I, right? I I love Sherman Hemsley. I love him. Good choice. Based solely on that performance. My next choice, also from Broadway, Andre De Shields. You saw that show? I saw him in Hades Town. Phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, the man comes out on stage and he just gets an ovation. And he's what, 70? In Something? the 70s, yeah. He's, he's up in there. His 70s. He's up there, yeah. And this is the man who was in the Full Monty. You know, people I, forget that. I don't. I don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah, he was in the Full Monty. I don't know that. Oh my God! Yeah, he has a whole big uh, dance number in there. Oh, so it's the Broadway play. Oh, he's yeah, yeah. He's okay. wonderful, wonderful. He's been broad, doing Broadway shows for years. And oh my stuff. God, he represents a right? legend. I yeah, mean, he is. Yeah, his reach is massive. He's yeah. done everything. He's met everybody. He knows all the secrets. He knows where the skeletons are. So that was my choice. Okay, so. You're going to have to help me because I always forget this guy's name. And it's awful <laughs> because I love everything he does. I love every time I see him. I can never remember his name. And I'm stalling, hoping that it pops into my can head. Can you name a movie he was I in? Could, no, I could identify him. You'll get him right away. I want to do it myself. Like oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. Jesus. The rest of you can go. Yeah, you know, I mean, this is this is, way, this is where you go. Yeah, get yourself a fresh drink. Let the dog out for a second. Right. Um, this could be. We could be here a while. Okay, I want to say Charles, but it's not Charles. Uh, Charles Dutton. No, 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 no. Good. Not, not bad. Good choice. A good guess. Yeah, I thought of my bad choice. I'm thinking of uh, Kinky Boots on Broadway. Porter. 
Billy Porter. Billy Porter. I always got. I always want to call him Charles. And I think it's because Billy Porter, I make anything goes because it's Billy is the lead in the Cole Porter musical. And anyway, Billy Porter, I love Billy Porter. I love how ridiculous he's to be. He is. He's an icon. I saw. I saw him in Kinky Boots. He was, he was great. wonderful in Kinky Boots. That's my Cinderella Broadway story. I'll tell you that story one day. Yeah. That I met him. He hugged me in his dressing room. Oh wow! Billy you Porter. did tell me that story. Okay. Yes, uh, you did yeah. tell me that story. Yeah. That, that's my Billy Porter story. And I love him in Pose. He's great he, in Pose. Yeah. Pray tell. He yes. He presents a very positive image. Yeah. Oh yeah. By nature. Yep. Just by doing Billy Porter, he presents. He the people get pissed off at Billy Porter. I'm sure they don't. And he, I'm sure he doesn't care. Yeah. He don't care what the fuck. Please. <laughs> Uh, whatever. Anyway, so how are you doing today? Anyway, I'm, I'm on. I can name my next editing. choice. Oh, we're oh, we still on the thing. I'll yes, we're still on the thing. The thing. <laughs> the thing. And my next choice is Mr. Samuel Jackson. The voice. I love Samuel Jackson. The yeah. man can do no wrong. I remember him. He was in, you know, the movie The Warriors? No. Back in the 70s? No. It's a movie about these rival gangs and everything. It's really good movie that's West Side Story well no but these this is about a gang that's been set up and it's being attacked by all these other gangs as they're traveling through the city and Samuel Jackson's in that movie he's in he appears in all these little bit parts and then all of a sudden boom he like takes these big fucking lead roles in Pulp Fiction I remember him best for Pulp Fiction he's phenomenal it's epic Quentin Tarantino has been so good for his career it's amazing and John Travolta and John Travolta, but even more so Jackson, because Jackson yeah. made more movies with Tarantino. You know, hasn't he made almost, if not every one of them? He I'm was, not a well, movie he, guy. I don't know. He wasn't in the last one. He was in Django Unchained. He was in the um, something eight. I can't you're looking at me for help, and I can't help you. You're I'm useless. Sorry. You're useless no to idea. me. Oh my I don't, god! I don't do movies. So oh, much. you're terrible. I'm not doing movies. I love long form. Makes me. I need a musical number to break shit up. Uh, movies, movies Filmography. The Hateful Eight. That was sorry. Uh, I think he had a cameo in, in Inglorious Bastards. I love that movie. I don't know if he was in Death Proof. I don't think he was in... No, he's not in Kill Bill. He's in Jackie Brown, and he's in Pulp Fiction. That's the first one he was in. All right, see, I would have associated him right away. Okay. With those movies, but yeah. The, it's iconic. Him and John Travolta and what's her name? The, the, the brunette with the bangs. Uma Thurman. Uma Thurman. She's not a brunette. If you say Uma Thurman to me, I'm thinking a blonde. <laughs> but I know she was a brunette with bangs in that movie. Yes, she was. Yeah, I would have said Winona Ryder. Because <laughs> she's a brunette with bangs, right? Uh, okay. <laughs> no? Am I wrong? I don't know. Okay. All right. So who is your final choice, Thomas? I had him in my head just now. He was, because I knew you were going to ask. Darth Vader? James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. Of course. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. There's no denying James Earl Jones. James Earl Jones. A great actor. Yeah. And one of my favorite things of his performances is on The Big Bang Theory, when he basically spends a day with Sheldon Cooper. We should do Black Astrophysicist next. <laughs> yes. It'll be a really short segment, yeah, because none sick. of us know either beyond that, but we could look. But if you ever get a chance, it's, they probably have part blips of clips of it on YouTube. It's a great episode of him and Sheldon Cooper spending the day together. Him and Will and Grace is fantastic. And the show ends with them playing a prank call on Carrie Fisher. <laughs> 
So yes, kudos on James Jones. James that, Earl Jones. That, like James Earl Jones on Will and Grace. And oh yeah, they're talking in Jack's acting class, and he's talking to Karen, <coughs> and Karen is my so my very soul. <laughs> yes, that character is, is is my very soul. Like I can't I over describe it. Anyway. <laughs> They're talking, he's telling her a story about back in the day when he and Shelly Winters were sitting on the same bench that they're sitting on now. Okay. And Karen looks at him and says, honey, how did that bench not break? And the fact that he would let himself be part of something, that joke. Right. And then expand on it. I love him. I think he, I, he he's he's epic with a sense of humor. Yes. Yes, he and is. And I, I, I think that's... Yes, uh, he is. Impressive about any person. Right. To, to, to have such iconic status. Darth Vader. Come on. Right. Darth Vader. And then you're laughing at yourself on the silly little thing. I think, I love that. I think that's great. I think that's special. Well, my last choice. And that voice makes my taint tingle. I, do you ever hear things in different parts of your bodies? Like, I hear James Earl Jones's voice in my taint. It makes it quiver. It's that warm breeze makes your team. No, 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 not like this. This is real and inside, and 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 uh, and uh, yeah, this is real. Okay, James Earl Jones. My last choice. Call me. Unfortunately, died way too young and way too early in his career. Leave a message, Jimmy. And that would be Chadwick Boseman. Oh, he was so good. Yeah. Just for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom he alone, was so that performance in that movie. Good. That's all blew me away. I only know him from that performance. Well, you have you never saw the Black Panther movies? No. Oh, okay. Because he's he plays Black Panther in the Marvel movies. He's so hot. What do they costume him? Show me, show me, show me, show me. You've show never me. seen what he looks like in costume? No, he first of all he's beautiful, but the death is tragic and sad. Yes. The performance Horrible. in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom is I said it was phenomenal. It, it really was. Just phenomenal performance. Oh yeah, look at that face. Look at that face. Jesus. And, you know, he's Black Panther. Black Panther. It's gotta be tights, right? Yeah, look at that. Yep. Look at that. Show me down. I wanna see his legs, thighs, ass. Show me shit. I, he's got good shoulders. Good. Shiny abs in the thing. Nice. I like it. His face is impeccable. Right? Jesus, look at him. Yeah. I want to see thighs, ass, legs. I don't know if I... They have mostly upper body shots. Right, they got some, some, some upper body. No that's one, not no him, no. Oh, that's not him. Yeah, look at that face right there. Right there where you're... Yeah. Yeah, there's really no lower body shots. Because you know why? He had class. And he knew he had ass. And he didn't have to show it. <laughs> so that concludes our five faves tonight. It's always sad. Why does it always got to be sad? I don't know. Chadwick Baldwin. Bozeman. Should have won an award. Yes, he should have. He was nominated. Was he? Yeah, he was. But I don't I don't believe he won. I don't know. I can't swear to that. I could be wrong. I don't think Check he right won, now. Yeah. Let's see if he won anything. He was nominated on. for Marini, right? Yes. Yeah, he didn't win. But I don't think he won. He didn't no. win. Beautiful though. What a performance. Yeah. He just like, what an incredible actor in that. He just he blew me away. Really did. It's um, one of those roles. Like that's a gift. He's the lead in that story. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he's basically, yeah, without a doubt. He becomes the central focus. It absolutely is him. That yeah, movie yeah. was so good. I may watch that again. I That's a movie I, I could watch easily. I could watch that again. I don't watch many movies. So powerful. Movies. So powerful, that movie. 
And, and what that was? What's her name? I never remember this bitch's name. I know. Now you're gonna make me fucking look it up now. Too. The murder she wrote show, oh, not murder God. she wrote, not murder. It's murder. She did the murder. She's the school well, teacher who does the murder. Viola Davis. Viola Davis. I'm saying. I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm saying Viola Davis is who I'm talking about. I was trying to conclude the segment, but you insisted on continuing. What were we talking about? Doesn't matter now. We're at the end of the show. How does Viola Davis fit in? I'm not even going to answer now. Shake your head at me and go ahead like that. We now reach the conclusion of this episode. That's not possible. Hell is supposed to last forever. (laughs) (laughs) We want to thank our producer, Stephen Prendergast, for the donuts. Love you, boo. Love you. I love donuts. No, they're donut holes. And you know I love a hole. Our episodes, of course, are available on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and many other podcast providers. Tons of them. Check. Also, we have a website, grumpyoldgaymenandtheirdogs.com, where you can download all of our episodes. Plus, for each episode, we now have bonus material with links to uh, clips of stuff that we talked about. I want you to tell people how to talk to us. I'm going to do that right next time. Where's now. the best point to talk to Well, us? they can send us an email at Patrick at Grumpy Old Gay and their dogs.com. Do people email anymore? I guess so, but I haven't gotten any on this address, so. All right. But they can also reach us on Facebook and on Twitter. Can they leave messages on Facebook? They can leave messages for us on Facebook or on Twitter. They can respond on Twitter? Yes, they well, they, yeah, they can respond to anything we post up there. We post every day, pretty and much. They, and they can retweet. Yes, they can. They re- People have retweeted us. They have. Yes. Retweeting is everything, bitch. Yes, I know. Okay, so go ahead. Of course, you can always post a review or post a comment. Say something. Yeah, post a criticism, anything. We'd love to hear from from you, you know? Also, if you'd like to be a guest on our show. Oh, here we go. Now, now, now I need vetting. (laughs) Okay? Because now you're inviting people. Well, I'm saying if they have something to promote, like we've been promoting uh, a couple of theatrical productions. Uh, That's true, but accidental, I think, unless you planned it. What do you mean? No, that was all on purpose. Okay, so here's what I'm saying. Yes, what are you saying? I need vetting. You need vetting. There's a lot of people I don't like. (laughs) And vice versa, I'm sure. And I want to avoid that if I can. (laughs) So I'm asking you. As a friend, who's who? We do this every week. We, yes. we have fun for two hours. We enjoy this. This is nice. Don't yes. even hate it by bringing somebody on. I don't want to talk to. I don't want to be in the same room as. You know what I'm saying? Like well, that would make it a job. Excuse me, but I seem to recall that you shared one of our Facebook posts on your page, and you put a post up there about. If you want to be a guest on the show, give us a call. Let us know. Do you know why that is? So why is it okay when you post it, but it's not okay when I promote that here on the podcast? I can't. This is so simple. I can't believe you can't see it. (laughs) No, I can't. Okay, so the 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 Facebook post went out to thousand a thousand pre vetted people. Those are my friends on Facebook. Yes. Okay. If those, if any one of those people want to come. Come on, bitch, let's have some fun. You talking to six continents, I want vetting. <laughs> I don't want, there's certain people, I don't, I... Well, if anyone writes into <clears throat> saying, I want to be a guest on your show, I will send them your way, and you can meet and interview with them and decide whether or not they should be a guest, okay? You need no interviewing, I just, <laughs> there's certain people I don't like. 
That's all I'm saying. There's maybe a dozen that I'm going to put a veto on. You want to, like, maybe tell us who they are now? I do not. So they don't make the mistake of getting in contact with us? No, let them ask. We can be busy. Oh, okay. We got to be busy. We're a thing now. Oh we got 1,100 God. people downloading us. <laughs> we got to be a thing. We're busy. Yeah. And if I have to, I'll tell them. Because what the fuck? You know what? I'm 100 now. You can stop me anytime. You have the power. You just have to say... No, I love watching you bury yourself. I'm not burying... My, I'm just talking because dead air is bad on radio. And on that note, we want to wish you a good night, a good week, a good life, and we'll see you next week. Bye, bitches.